Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We're now joined by the voice of UCF Athletics, Mark Daniels. They get ready for a bowl game, National Signing Day. Mark, if you don't mind, I know you uh, have been busy prepping for the bowl game, but also with National Signing Day, how do you feel? What's the, the mood at UCF and in Orlando about today? Well, it's the highest class UCF's ever signed. Um, you know, in years past, to think about finishing inside the top 50 would have been an incredible accomplishment. And whenever the number falls and whatever recruiting service you want, if it's uh, anywhere between 28, 32, whatever it is, UCF has never signed a class as high as it is. And it's a quality class. It's a compliment to Coach Miles Zion and his assistant. It's obviously also a part of the fact that UCF's in the Big 12 to be able to sell that. And, uh, you know, the thing that you like if you're a UCF fan is there's some positions that they felt like they had to go find some people. I think they did that. Uh, but the number of four-star players, I mean, this had never been seen by UCF before, the quality of the players, even those out of state, as well as some of the bigger programs in the state of Florida where UCF had a hard time getting in the doors in, in, in years past. So it's a great class to address some needs. I think Coach is really happy with where they are. What do you think about the status of a portal quarterback? Is that maybe the next priority? Well, Gus was asked today about that, and he said, uh, you know, he wouldn't rule anything out. They're going to you know, continue to see what might be out there at the same time. You know, they've got a number of guys on the roster. I think any, uh, you know, any team that is losing a starting quarterback that have been there for multiple years feels as if, hey, you know, let's go see if there's somebody with experience that we think is going to help. Uh, with what we want to do. I don't think UCF would or is just looking for somebody to say, okay, let's just grab a quarterback because they've started before. Does it fit what Gus Malzahn and his offense coordinator, Darren Henshaw, are doing and what they want to do? If there's somebody that they feel is uh, you know, worthy of going after, um, then maybe we'll see if that happens. You know, There are a couple of quarterbacks in this class that UCF added, one you know, reclassified from 25 to 24. Um Timmy McClain started a few games this past year for UCF when John Rice Plumbing was hurt. Um, Dylan Risk was the third uh, quarterback this year. So there's some quarterbacks there. 
But if something is to emerge, as Gus was asked earlier today in his press conference, he's not opposed to taking a closer look at it. Mark, uh, when you look at this first year uh, in the Big 12, there's obviously things when you make that move that you, you think, okay, the lines have to get bigger. We need more numbers here. What After this, this past year having wrapped up, what do you look at with UCF and say, like, hey, here are the keys and these are the things in progress that, that need to get better uh, to be better in, in the, the long run in the Big 12 and nationally? Yeah, I think, guys, even the last time I was on and talking to you after going through the first journey uh, through the Big 12, I think what stood out, was the quality of offensive and defensive lines. Just, the, the, you know, not just big guys. Everybody can look at a depth chart and see guys 6'4", 6'5", 320, 330. But are they quick? Do they have a quick first step? Are they able to, you know, respond quickly as opposed to somebody that's just slow and has cement on their feet? And I think UCF saw the quality of those lines um, as well as I think the size of some linebackers and some safeties. And that's okay. I mean, you know, going through the season, and had to experience it. And I think uh, – you know, UCF fans saw, but more importantly, I think Gus and the staff said, okay, we got an idea about this league and the quality of players. Now, how do we upgrade some of these positions uh, to, to, to make sure that we can compete? Look, as we talked before, and UCF's record is what it was the conference. They got blown out in one game. The Kansas game was the only game that they were never really in. Every other game, uh, they had a chance to win, but they made some mistakes that you can't do in this league that caught up with them. And they were, you know, in some areas, not able to compete with the quality of whether it be line or linebackers or safeties or things like that. UCS running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks prove they can play. They have guys on the all-conference team. So I don't think that was an issue for that. And they certainly had guys like, you know, their defensive ends they were able to play with anybody. But can you get depth there? Can you get guys that should somebody go down, you know, feels a big drop-off? I think that's the spot they know that you've got to get better at. It won't happen with just one high school recruiting class. It may not happen with a, a portal class. It may take a couple of years, but I think they feel like they got an idea what they need. Mark, with uh, Gus Malzahn and his offensive mind, uh, Darren Henshaw, the offensive coordinator, somebody in the chat asked about how much is Henshaw in control of calling plays and how much does Malzahn have a role? Uh, and is Henshaw still the one that's doing what he was hired to do? It's interesting if you ask fans after a loss versus after a win, I bet their response is different. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I will say this. I'm not on the headset uh, during a game, but um, uh, for the most part, Darren Henshaw is the one calling him plays. Um, You don't go all the years that Gus has gone where you did call plays that you may not see something and you talk to Darren about that. You listen to your quarterback. You listen to your, uh, you know, uh, other offensive personnel that may see things. So to say that Gus is involved to to, the zero percent wouldn't be accurate. But it's Darren Henshaw, the one that's calling plays, and, uh, you know, Gus absolutely has some input. But it's not a constant input like, okay, you called first, and I'm calling second and third down. If he sees something, Darren would tell you that he welcomes Gus's observation. And uh, I think it worked. I, you know, everybody overanalyzes wins and losses and, and, and two-point plays and Norman and things like that. But um, they've got a pretty good relationship going. They feel good about it. I think Darren understands what Gus wants to do. UCF was a 60-40 uh, run pass team this year. I think Gus likes those numbers, believes you've got to run the football, uh, uh, you know, to win. And uh, it's a good partnership there uh, where Gus is certainly involved, but Darren calls uh, the place for the most part. Mark, what do you think they've done to kind of address that? I mean, they played better at the end of the year, clearly, uh, that they, they rallied and made a bowl game. But to address that run defense issue they had. Well, I think it was better the, the, the last third of the season. Um, you know, they shut down Ali Gordon, um, you know, in a game that everything went UCF's way. 
Uh, they also played some really good backs that we saw with this league. Um, is all about. But teams had success when they got outside the tackles. Um, and, and that's where some teams really took advantage of UCF. So you've got to be, you know, bigger, better on the corners. you got to be bigger, better at the safety, you know, uh, 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 to run stop and uh, some linebackers. And I'm not saying that the guys UCF had didn't do a good job, but I think, you were, you know, you saw the way some lines did a good job seal blocking and opening up some holes. They've got to get better in that particular area. And look, it, it worked the other way. I mean, R.J. Harvey, UCF's running back, had a phenomenal season. Where did he have his, uh, you know, best success? The funny thing is, it was with UCF's patient offensive line that, you know, he, he would allow a hole to open and then get through. And then RJ also would get outside. So, you know, I, I think they were better the last third of the season. I think they have an idea about some areas that they had to shore up. They did move some guys around, some different people started the second half of the season um, at safety. Um, some younger guys got a chance to play. So, again, got to get bigger, stronger, and faster. But I think, again, they've got a better idea. But, guys, you know, there's a lot of good running backs in this league that are coming back next year as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a loaded league when it comes to running backs. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Mark, making a bowl game, that was obviously a huge deal. Gus Malzahn now 3-for-3 three three in that regard. And a familiar place, uh, a place that UCS been a couple times here recently, the Gasparilla Bowl there in the state of Florida, I guess just a couple hours down the way uh, to Tampa. But your thoughts on uh, the Knights heading back to the Gasparilla Bowl and this matchup with Georgia Tech, what does it mean? Because you know that, that bowl season's kind of – it's, it's sort of strange now the way it's, it's evolving with the expanded playoff and what that's going to look like, but how big of a deal was it to make the postseason, and how are you and, and others kind of viewing this matchup with the Yellow Jackets? Well, uh, you know, for one, UCF's uh, home away from home, Bounce House West, as we call it. UCF has won six great games at Raymond James Stadium between bowl games and playing uh, South Florida, so they're comfortable there, and, and, and guys on this team have played there. Um, when you go back and take a look between the bowl game against Florida two years ago and playing South Florida there uh, last season. Look, when you have a five-game losing streak and, you know, you're pretty much have your back to the wall and, and, and rally to come back and, and, and make a bowl game, I think it says a lot about the leadership of your players that guys didn't, you know, kind of say, well, never mind. Um, it was important to a, a lot of guys like John Weiss Plumley, some guys with defense that really wanted to get to you know, a bowl game, and then to, to come down the final game, you know, lost a heartbreaker, Texas Tech, um, and they had to beat Houston to get there. You know, I, I think it means a lot. Now, I think last year, UCF, and, and look, they got beat by Duke, and Duke earned the game. It was Mike Elko's first year. They were really excited to be there. They rallied around that. They had hardly any opt-outs, um, did not get impacted by the portal. UCF was coming off a conference championship, lost to Tulane. John Rice Plumley was really dinged up and probably, you know, struggled to play in that game. Uh, and, and UCF got beat bad. This year, UCF draws a Georgia Tech team that I think really wants to win for Brent Key, former longtime UCF assistant, his first full year there. Um, they've lost some guys to the portal, but for the most part, uh, most of their key players are there, so they're going to be motivated to win. And I think UCF is too. I think that you know uh, uh, these seniors that are playing their final game, they'd like to get that win to finish above 500 in the first year um, in the Big 12, and I think Gus has really done a good job of convincing the players, hey, this is important to continue to build that foundation, to go into that offseason feeling good. Got a great recruiting class today. I think they've done a good job on the portal. That still, you know, has some spots that maybe they can fill as well. If you win that bowl game, you just have a really good vibe as you head towards 24 and what's going to be a wild, crazy, wide-open Big 12. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, it should be a pretty good football game. And, you know, I look forward to it. And uh, the fact that it's about 75 miles from Orlando, Makes it easier to get to for UCF fans, so we're looking forward to it. Unless you're on that one bus that had a breakdown, right? Isn't there like one of the team buses that had a breakdown on the way to Tampa? 
you know, Dave, when you become a Hall of Famer, you get different travel. <laughs> so it's, um, you know. Yeah, that stretch, know, that stretch uh, limo. You know, mm-hmm. you know those 40-seat buses and, and so forth get a little tight and so forth. But when you kind of glide down there, that, uh, okay. you know, special escalator. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I love it. The team's in Tampa. I'm headed to Tampa tomorrow late morning. Uh, uh, so, uh, but, but all is good. Everybody's, everybody's fine and so forth. And, and we'll head over there tomorrow. Look forward to have a bunch of night fans and. I uh, hope they have a great couple of days. Have well, a great trip. Be, be safe on I-4. It's, yeah, uh, it's always Bye, guys. Happy holidays. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Mark Daniels, voice of UCF with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Oh.